Welcome back to Articulate with Steve McJones. This week, Falieri Dijutsi. I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce it, but I met this character actually uh, going to get fingerprints for my new job and kind of just hit it off talking about people you should surround yourself with and the community that you build to get to the next level and kind of learning and grow. That whole thing. You know how that whole thing (laughs) just happens randomly sometimes. But yeah, I was very intrigued by the way that he articulated his words. And his background was extremely interesting to me as well. And he seemed really, really comfortable talking about deeper deeper topics with substance behind them and was very comfortable talking about making a comfortable place for everybody to feel at home and when he said that to me I was like well you yourself seem very comfortable and at home a lot of the time and talking about this stuff so would you like to come on the podcast and do it and he's like well you know I actually used to be in broadcasting (laughs) and it just kind of uh, worked out which is great and so I went back and we recorded this episode, uh, we covered so many topics, and I could talk to this guy for, I, I, I really do, Falier, if you're listening to this, I definitely am going to come back, and I'm going to get you back on, just by the way, uh, I, ho- I hope you know that, but uh, he's a very, very artistic individual, and you could tell, obviously, um, when he talks about it, how much art and creativity really mean to him, and how he had to really harness that and and use that with him throughout his life and his transition from uh, Haiti to America and how America really affected him and that whole process for him. We get into quite a bit in this episode, but we we started out with how he was born in Haiti and kind of his background over there and um, what it meant really for him to up and leave that whole environment that he had lived in and built a home at and uh yeah you could just uh, i i cannot even begin to imagine what he had to have gone through when he moved over here but he he got through it and he was here talking to me about (laughs) about this whole thing i you know you you really you really take for granted your background and your family and your hometown sometimes and when you listen to a story like this it really puts that into perspective for you so really excited to get this message out there Follier, thanks again for coming out and uh i hope you enjoy and get as much out of this as, as i did yes okay all right <laughs> uh Follier, is it Follier or is it Follier? You don't have to cover my Okay, well, you know, I want to make an effort to try and get there. Falier to just. So, Falier, uh, so tell me where exactly were you born? And yeah, basically, we'll just start with that. Where, where were you born? Okay, I mean, I was born in a little village called Gilbert, a section rural of uh, Dessalines. I know you don't know much about Haiti. Okay. Uh, Dessalines is basically one of the first capital of Haiti, and uh, you probably heard about Jean-Jacques Dessalines, which is basically the father of liberty of Haiti. Um, that city, basically after that, moved to Saint-Marc, which is uh, one of the major cities, 
and from St. Mark, and then that's where I did basically my kindergarten and going into, uh, over here we're talking about high school, but uh, in Haiti the schools are kind of differently. Sure. Just like uh, we're looking at uh, almost like the European system, because Haiti was uh, also a colony of France. Okay. And uh, so, um, did you have any siblings? Oh yeah, I have my my father, my mother passed away. Uh, she was at age. That. She lived her life, and uh, but I have a brother and a sister. My mom and dad had married, right. but you know my father had a lot of other kids <laughs> back then. You know, till this day, uh, those are the things that they don't pay too much attention. Right. Because here, before you know it. Uh, can get in trouble for having two or three women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But back then, especially for those people within the age, my father's 85 now. Yeah. He had a lot of women, my friend. Sure. And imagine. And uh, he had a lot of. He, he, he has a lot of kids, and they're some of my siblings I don't even know, because wow. they're like you know within other mothers. Yeah. Well, and, and you'd be surprised. That's not only native to Haiti. There's. I know. I worked with a guy who. Uh, his grandfather had like 65 children wow. spread out over like four or five wives. Wow. So, yeah, wow. yeah, it's quite a bit. <laughs> that is. No, the, the reason I say that, it just, when we compare a little bit from the whole time till now, where a lot of things, uh, the women of today's will not take from you guys True. or from us. Right. If you were to have a wife, and <laughs> you better know that if knowing that you with another person or so, there's going to be problems. Yeah. Because in this country, I don't think you can afford to do that. Right. <laughs> right. So, that's what I was saying. I left a um, St. Mark and then I went to Port-au-Prince. Uh, and all along, it's like learning from different people, different individuals, uh, music, poetry. When was um, this? How old were you around this time? You know what? I started in poetry at a very, very early age. Really? Like, I remember the first poetry that I actually read, I was about three years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wow. was about three years old. Yeah. And ever since then, I have a love for the art, for poetry, for music, mm -hmm. as a human being. You try to be a musician or an artist, something like that, because you want to make money, because you want to do a job. That's, that's the wrong way. You have to do this because you love it. And it doesn't matter if you broke, you still gonna do it. I mean, I, I go out to jam sessions and I play regardless of whether I'm getting a check or not. It's, it's about whether I, uh, it's, you have to love this thing, man. You have to love it and breathe it. It's, it's your morning coffee. It's your, it's your food. That's why you become an artist. Art is, is a mirror of society. That changed me to be a little bit, not in the sporty side, you know, when you're a young boy, you like sports. Right. I'm always in sports, but not like the other, because music and like poetry, like Spoke things like that, a lot more. they are basically priority to me. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I've dealt, I've dealt with a lot of people that are kind of older than me. Okay. And those are the people that kind of shape my way in right. as I go. So, yeah. So at this point, you said, I'm not sure where we were. Like, you said the, um, 
the education system is a little bit different. So w was there um, like an age where you started learning more and more about this stuff? Oh, no, definitely. You're learning in, in, in Haiti, I call that a little, uh, to me it's a sabotage, you know, as a teacher, living in this country now, when you go back to the third world countries, places like Haiti, because you could be like in elementary school and then learning all kind of different things, over four or five languages. I mean, the language wow. that you want to learn, French is, first of all, that's, that's, that's the language the education was into. Oh, so wow. basically, you were forced to speak the language that you were not born with. Right. Wow. That's, 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 a, that's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And your name is actually French. Exactly. Your first name. So basically, to be in school and then learning from a language that is not yours, in your own land, mm -hmm. that's a big problem. Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't know that if you did not, you know, uh, start out that way. <laughs> but you started that way, and question is why my mother's tongue was never really accepted. Mm. Why was I able to just come up and then learn the ABCs in the Haitian Creole, they call it. Mm -hmm. But then again, as you grow, you start understanding, you talk to other people. I remember my Tonton Tiok, we call him, my, my, is, uh, is a guy that I studied up, and he also one of the art director, like a uh, playwright, and uh, he was one of the best. He, he speaks Freud, French, in his house with his family, but never wrote any of his play in French. Oh, wow. And everything was in versification in Creole. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that stuck with me as a, as a, in my early days. Right. Saying that, I don't understand that. <laughs> Papa Tiak, we call him. He, we always sitting around him in the afternoon. That's where we learn about a lot of things about life. And the part of the, 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 the circle, they will teach us about almost everything that we need to know. <laughs> and after school, five o'clock, six o'clock, we write. He's in his little uh, rocking chair. Yeah. And then talking to us. And, and you, and you and said he would never write. He never, he always said he has this, one of his favorite lines, Je passé ma nuit avec Molière, <laughs> which is basically I spent my night with Molière discussing this and that. You know, yeah. he, Molière is one of the French writers. Okay. And then he always he, he used that a lot. Okay. And, uh, so because you know, because poetry, music, and things like that, it most of the Haitian writer will always refer to someone in France somehow. Okay. Because they are basically. Mm -hmm. Because in Haiti, ooh, the French culture, the French culture was dominant until this wow. day. Wow. And luckily, in about 85, uh, Jean-Bertrand Aristide made uh, Creole to be one of the official languages of the country oh. that made also Creole to become very popular and then the studies become vividly yeah and and that that learning all those languages must have been very very stimulating for you um and it's also i did want to say something about the the decision for him to always write in french is that what you said the, or this, he always wrote in the decision right i mean till this day to be honest to you 
uh, is not for the political reasons. Mm -hmm. I still don't know why because that's a question I wish I could see him in and ask him now. Yeah. Because when when I saw that, and not until I came here, remember I came here when I was sixteen years old. Okay. So when I left Haiti, six no seventeen eighteen. I'm sorry. Okay. When I left Haiti, I left my uh, the, the towns of Samar at the age of uh, about fourteen fifteen to Port-au-Prince, which is the capital of Haiti. Please excuse the uh, violent-sounding crime scene unfolding in the background. Thank you. And then from the from Port-au-Prince, I spent about two years, and then uh, then I oh, came. Okay. I, then yeah, uh, and that's what you right. See? So there's a lot of things that I'm now. When you get all of this at this little age, mm -hmm. consume music, poetry, arts, and all these things, and then I'm always those are the things that I've known. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how could I live. I had my own literature group where we had our own little circle. Yeah, it's like uh, we discuss about almost everything. That also. Wow. Samples that we were, we were that were taken from Baba Tiok. Oh wow! <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah. So, you, so not only is teaching us things, then we go out there and create our own little circles. And have you, and then you, in that case, you're the one teaching or, or sharing. You know, sharing the life. It's just one of the few. Sure. And to make it even bolder, we used to go to the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so on, that's amazing. That's yes, cool. on Saturdays we will just. Leave very early, and at the time, Haiti was like very prosperous okay. in a sense. You go out there, the sugar king is there, the mango tree is there, everything wow. that you need. And then when you go in those little uh, places where there's a lot of the, the inhabitants of those places, mm -hmm. when they see you coming from, from the city, they are more than happy to give you whatever you want. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, come and get some. Come and get some mangoes. We come and get some uh, sugar cane or whatever you want. Yeah. We used to uh, after we, we used to go for the day and then coming back, uh, let's say in the afternoon, and with a bunch of things that we carry. Just a whole bag of things that they gave you for free. For free, because that's the way it used to be. Yeah. You go. You go to a place. Mm -hmm. You can go to a place. I mean, that's the way it used to be. Well, I, and I've yeah. had teacher uh, a teacher that went to like Vietnam, and he said that people on the streets down there were so nice, giving them free soup and yes. Um, you know, it's it's when you get out of the city into the small towns, and they recognize that you are uh, from somewhere else and want to show their hospitality. Yeah. Hospitality was always at its best, especially till this day. If, even though there's a lot of uh, politics and things that's going on there. Um, it's always one of the very first thing that make country like Haiti very unique. Just remember, even mm -hmm. before slavery, mm -hmm. all right. Just to get in the little side of history, we're not going to get to okay. Yeah, yeah. Haiti was the only country, only country in the Western Hemisphere. If you are running away for persecution for anything. Once you set foot in Haiti, you become a free person. Really? Yes. Till this day. And oh. Haiti is the only... That's Haiti. Remember, Haiti got its independence in 1804. 
That's the second to the United States, which they don't tell you about that. Yeah, no, they did. And Haiti did not stay alone after independence. He went around and liberated all the countries around. Oh, wow. Whether it's a Trinidad, Jamaica, uh, all of those islands. Yeah. And every single place there were slaves. It's like, it was like, I don't know, for some unknown reason, you'll find Haiti somewhere. Haiti even helped the, uh, a, uh, what do you call that? Uh, um, I can't remember the name right now. But he did happen to remember later. Here's that clip. Uh, uh, no, the country that Haiti was talking about was Greece. You can uh, Google that if you want. Oh, yes. Greece. You, yes. you thought of it. It yeah, came back yeah, to you. It came back to me. That was Greece. <laughs> and until this guy said, oh, I'm going to send you 100 people. He said, no, 100 people. What can I do? Man, the president said, man, huh? My 100 people, each of my guys worth over 100 of yours. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, that Haiti was willing, uh, had, and then plus uh, a bunch of... Uh, uh, we called cafe coffee. Mm-hmm. They, 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 there was a. Uh, it, it's a, if you Google it, you will find a, a thing. But you know, just for the sake of things, uh, mm-hmm. I would never. Uh, no, the country that Haiti was talking about was Greece. You uh, can Google that if you want. Oh, yes. Greece. You, yes. you thought of it. It yeah, came back yeah, to you. It came back to me. That was Greece. <laughs> and until this guy said, "Oh, I'm gonna send you hundred people," he said, "No, hundred people. What can I do?" Man, the president said, man, huh? My hundred people, each of my guys worth over 100 of yours. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, that Haiti was willing, uh, had, and then plus uh, a bunch of, uh, uh, we called cafe coffee. Mm-hmm. They, 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 there was a, a it, it's, a, if you Google it, you will find a, a thing, but. But anyways. So when you're looking at the way that we were brought up and then come up here, mm-hmm. it was basically, Extremely uh, different. It was background. Different. Uh, a note, the, the note that I was just going to say about the, the whole language um, thing, all the languages that you were learning, uh, I just remember there's this movie called uh, Amadeus about mm-hmm. Mozart. Yes. You, you've seen it? Yeah. And they have to choose what language the opera should be in. And they're so against it being like German because German is too rough or um, they want it to be um, Italian because it, there's like a certain... You know, there's so it's interesting to see um, from somebody's perspective who knows multiple. How many languages would you say that you're at least fluent in? You know what? Let me tell you this. <laughs> I mean, from experience, mm-hmm. when you are being yucked out from birth mm-hmm. into a different knowing where you have no business of being, mm-hmm. you become crippled. Really. Well, yeah. Because simple fact is, hey, if I am, I mean, there's reasons why I can go in and start to learn any language. And according to studies, since I've become a teacher, you know, after I did my uh, studies and things like that, which we can brush up to in a minute. Yeah, definitely. Then that's when, if you don't have a language of your own, it will be very difficult to learn another language. Right. Right. So you out the language of your birth. So it's very important to you to have that Definitely. language. Right. If you don't have that. that uh, would you, the, Cle- the Haitian Cleo? The Cleo. 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 If you don't have that, mm-hmm. you don't have your culture. 
Someone you want to be like someone every single day. Mm-hmm. Where is yourself? Yeah. Yourself is gone. You know, you hear it so often, the little Haitian will say, I am a, je suis un petit français perdu sur cette terre d'Haïti. Meaning that I am a little French that has been lost in that land of Haiti. Oh, really? Basically, that that person is gone. <laughs> From the minute that your thinking process is that way, yeah. where is yourself? Yeah, that's and, and that's a uh, crazy question. So do you think in Haitian Cleo? No, my friend, Aldo. yes, fortunately, thanks to Papa Tio, become emerged into the language at an early age. Right. To poetry, music, arts, plays, because... I kind of had so much of interest in, and I did just like that. I started my my, my my writing. If you go to Facebook or I mean YouTube right now, you'll find, you'll see some of my writing there, okay. and even with my voice. Even though I'm gonna change that soon, <laughs> I have uh, Pitimi Sangado, uh, which is a poet, a poem that I wrote basically when I left Haiti after my mom passed away. I went to the to the to the to the funeral and then uh, when I when I saw what I saw after I left Haiti for so long, uh, I was basically in a in a great shock. And uh, oh, I can't imagine. I can't. But imagine. I saw this country that I've known, that I've left, and then I saw what I saw, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I wrote a poem called Piti Mi Sangado. And uh, it, it is also in uh, in YouTube. Um, I had uh, once you get to YouTube, you might see about one, one or two or three poems that, that I put into. It's a lot of things that when, when you when you look at yourself, just like you were saying, because what a man is without his culture, mm-hmm. you know, if you without your culture, without your language, without your roots. Mm-hmm. The person that you're meant to be. If that has been taken away from you since birth, you are missing a lot of the puzzle, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel that? No. Luckily, fortunately, um, I, I feel very, very grateful, and, and it's always an honor, and I feel very fortunate. Mm-hmm. Well, so to um, to kind of bridge the gap to this, because I want to get to you know that. I want to understand how the, the context about how you got to feeling uh, better and grateful about it. Um, well, take it about one of the best things that happened to people like myself mm-hmm. is to come in a country like this. Sure. And so was it your decision to come over here? My decision to come here was not, it was part of my decision. <laughs> it was a funny story, okay? All right. We have a friend of mine. We used to compete in school, but it wasn't the the Catholic school. Catholic school in Haiti divided in two parts: girls' schools and boys' schools. Okay, that makes sense. But I was in private school. Okay. My private school—that's where I learned music, and sure. I learned how to play the trumpet and things like that. And we did poetry. And the poetry, and right? <clears throat> and to make it short, uh, his name is Jackie. His parents always send him to the United States every summer. Oh, really? So, <laughs> he kind of just came yes. up with him one summer? Uh, when he, when he, well, it's you, I mean, 
you should see that, man. Every summer, uh, before September, around August, Jackie will come. And we used to do what we call every Sunday, we go down, we go down to the city, we go to movies, all of us, because we live in the opera, and then all of us would go down to the city. Okay. And then we go to movies, almost like every Sunday. That's, that's our, one of our uh, uh, rendezvous. Okay. So every Sunday, everybody gathered a little money, and then we go to movies. Sure. It's like the whole crew. Right. It's like, but Jackie, when Jackie comes from the United States, it's a different thing. Oh. Because, you know, even the way the way you walk has changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like with this little Levi and then sneakers, white tees and yeah, things like that. Yeah. It was walking with that little, you know, the hump down and things like that. Yeah, so, that. <laughs> everybody was like, wow. Everybody was to at least have that feeling and then they can go ahead and then do so, you know. Yeah. And then, not until that. And then, you know, somehow it, my father always wanted to send me but I did not know I was going to come to stay. Okay. And until, you know, one of my sisters passed away at an early age, and then I was basically, that's my closest, and then he, he saw that I had looked, I lost a lot of interest in about a lot of things, mm-hmm. and then uh, he spoke to my older brother, who happened to be in the university studying medicine, and he told me that, what do you think? If you want to go, uh, if you go to the United States to, uh, for the summer, or things like that. At that time, thing was not that difficult, but it was not that easy at the same time. Okay. Because, you know, we we not we we were okay. Sure. We we were okay. Right. Not saying that we got this or that, but we were living comfortably. We were okay. So when we got to that point, and then I got my visa and things like that, and I come just I remember I came for twenty one days, but it was twenty one days, my friend. It was <laughs> that twenty one days. Till this day. <laughs> <laughs> that that's when it was 1985, 80, 84, 85, mm-hmm. and then there was a lot of problems in Haiti, and then the, the uh, Jacques which is Baby Dog, was about to leave the power, and then there's a lot, there was a lot of problems, you know, for people like myself. In Haiti, you know, you, you call yourself a poet, musician mm-hmm. and plus the type of writing that I used to do was basically uh, it's for the people you know we basically okay we were basically a little rebellious little rip, uh, yes a little rebellious. and there are times you know they don't you know there are times they will they will curfew that is say that you cannot be at a certain place where the two or three people cannot be grouped up together oh wow there are times you know there's a lot of things was going on mm-hmm. and then when but when I came, things just went out of the, uh, it became very... Out of hand. Out yeah. of hand. Yeah. So my father told my brother, this boy can't come back. Just come, he cannot come back. <laughs> Man. He, like, he knew that he wasn't going to send me back anyway. Oh, uh, really? Because I've already had that feeling. Oh, wow. Because, you know, I, I was the youngest brother of my, my siblings. My mom and dad, are, or, or they were married. And I was basically the one of they could not control. <laughs> <laughs> the rebel. Right. Because, right. because of the person that I am, and I'm always for the people, paid for something, and that is greater than me. I mean, I seen people first, and then we, we did not like that. Okay. And before you know it, then I came here, and then I'm 
Yeah, it it very it, so, it, uh, it harnesses that kind of uh, that feeling. I th I think a little bit personally. It was not easy, my friend. I was my peak. Oh yeah. I was on my peak, man. Yeah. I was just like uh, my trumpet was my best friend. Oh. I had so many uh, good friends, people that I and things that I was doing. I've already had uh, two or three groups of. Uh, uh, artistic people that I was dealing with and I was a little you know for a little man like me it was very 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 important right. you know at that age mm -hmm. to be doing all this and uh, and there was so many things that was that yeah. was put to place then again now you're in a country where you have no one basically of course I had my brother and you know my brother and I we he left me when I was very little. Mm -hmm. My older brother, he passed away a couple years ago. Oh, uh, May rest in peace. Yeah, Good guy. Right. And, but, no, so what I'm saying is the people that I was, you know, like my literature group. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, you, my, those were all in my, my musical friends. Yeah. My, you know, just the artists that I used to play with. Mm -hmm. We were doing uh, a, a lot of uh, theaters. We were doing a lot of stuff, plus I'm in Port-au-Prince now. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting crowd from Port-au-Prince to saint Mark, you know, moving back and forth. Okay. Then it was a lot of, plus uh, I used to play in two different, uh, and we call, in Haiti, we call that, uh, uh, um, it was like fanfare, like uh, you call it big band, oh, uh, okay. those things like that. Sure. used to, to play uh, funerals a lot. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so I would finish up school at 1 o'clock. Yeah. And 2, 3 o'clock, I just put my uniforms on and then start going to play funerals and oh, man. and pay one or two. I used to make a lot of money, man. Yeah. yeah oh, just bad. a little bit like me making over $10 each. $10 is a lot of money. Oh, I can imagine. Some people working for the government couldn't make $10. And you know the funny thing is, I do nothing with this because <laughs> yeah. it was not truly needed, to be honest. Okay. And well, so this was this was basically what I was meant, what what I meant when I said, uh, 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 no, the country that Haiti was talking about was Greece. You uh, can Google that if you want. Oh, yes. Greece! You, yes. you thought of it. You yeah, came back yeah, to it. Came back to me. That was Greece. <laughs> and until this guy said, oh. I was sending 100 people. He said, no, 100 people? What can I do? Man, the president said, man, huh? My 100 people, each of my guys worth over 100 of yours. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, that Haiti was willing. Uh, had, and then plus uh, a bunch of, uh, uh, we called cafe, coffee. Mm -hmm. They, 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 there was a, a it, it's, it, if you Google it, you will find a, a thing. But Such a satisfying moment. Just all around, just very satisfying. Yeah. Um, so, when you said move to America, and it's, you were getting taken away from these groups and this uh, atmosphere that you had uh, many friends and many uh, instruments and all this uh, artistic things happening for you. And then you moved to America, and what happened? <laughs> well, you know what? From the minute that my brother told me that, I spent a couple of weeks and not truly eat or do nothing. Because I was very uh, somewhat depressed. Well, for but, good reason. Yeah, and uh, you know, after a while, your judgment will come to play. 
and okay, this is okay. They, this is my home now. Whether they accept it or not, I will learn how to accept it. Right. That's the first thing. Second, you're gonna make it your home. There's no place like home. It's my home. Right. The first thing I did, I told my brother, he got to take me to the place so I can buy me a trumpet. <laughs> and wow. I have my own money. And he said, okay, no problem. That Saturday, we went to the place, we bought, bought the trumpet. Mm -hmm. Then I started doing my practicing and started doing, so I'm moving away from. Then I started school in September. Oh, in, yes. in America? In America, yeah. Wow. I started high school. I, mean, I graduated from East Orange High School in 87. Okay. Yes. That's a big deal. I, when I went to high school, huh, that's when, that's when things started, I'm, that's, everything started changing. Oh, wow. Then you, did, you must have really felt it. Those, I mean, being in school, in high school with those. Being in high school. Remember, think about it. What, what, where, what state, city? No, New Jersey. New Jersey, I was here. Orange. Oh, okay. And funny that is, I went back and taught for fifth, almost like 15 years. Oh, in really? Same town. Same town. <laughs> yes. That's great. I, I did elementary I, as a bilingual teacher. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when, when I got to uh, East Orange High School, I looked up the little city that has so much problems difficulties and then I start going to the same rhythms that I've known and that's when I start looking at similarities the first thing I do I'll look for similarities between the problems that occurred when I was back home mm -hmm. and here mm -hmm. the second I'm looking at the unwanted or the menace that I call it that we used to get from other people basically the, our own kinds and find the reasons why. And the third things, and find into this, where do I fit? All this thing here, and all that, I, I, I can't find, and luckily, you know, I, my music teacher, mm -hmm. which happened to be Mr. Robinson, he, he enjoyed being around me, I enjoyed being around him. Okay. So we played music. I didn't know much of English. I came late because I learned, you know, learn English in Haiti, but you know, speaking it, it's different. Different. Much so different. you would be able to learn to listen to hear a few things. Mm -hmm. But luckily, the trumpet was talking for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, but Mr. Robinson made you feel kind of almost at home. Exactly. With you, exactly. You know, musician, the only thing is when you become part of something, like even sports, if you have, once you get to the group, to that circle, <laughs> you, 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 you feel wanted. Right. Because you feel like you're a part, a, of the, a, a part of something and among of the people that you can, even though if you can't speak uh, the language, it does not really truly matter. Mm -hmm. And at that at that point, and uh, I graduated in East Point High School at um, eighty seven, and uh, it was it was it was not because it was not easy, my friend. It was not easy because remember when you you left home, you already was going toward this direction. 
Mm-hmm. Now here you are coming here. And it's you to tired. start crawling again. Oh yeah. Like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> You're in a country where you have no mom or dad. You basically had nothing. No, you no studying. You don't even have anything to start. Mm-hmm. And not having the right uh, subordinates, uh, family support that you need, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have been crippled. Yeah. And that's what crippled most of foreigners, you know, especially when they come in this country so young. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, just but you know what? I was that's what I've always used the word grace. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't up to me, man. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just gonna ask. So how did you, you know, progress through that? How did like what helped you get through that? You well, know, like, two things I've always lived in mind. Mm-hmm. The first. I've already know where I wanted to go. Oh, really? <laughs> Definitely. I was, since I was a young little man. So even in America? Even in America. And I know there will be a way, there will be a place, there will be a door open for me. Okay. Because even in America, I didn't even know. The first thing I do one day, I start walking around on uh, Main Street to William Street, and I'm looking at those streets where I go all, all the time. Mm-hmm. And I... Before you know it, I've already know, I see, or have an idea, or the problems that I might, I might be facing. Okay. So let me just start getting ready for that. Right, right. And so, so what was that, that goal, though? What was that image? The goal is to never stop. To never stop. Oh. <laughs> Always try to do my very best to fill my brain to the rings. And so that, even from Haiti, from to Haiti over here. Till this day. That's why I'm still in school. <laughs> yeah. I won't stop until I get where I need to go. Okay. And thanks, thank, luckily, I had a, a, you know, a father always said, do things right mm-hmm. and money will follow you. Right. Right. I've heard, yeah, my, my father said so. Yeah. And from those saying. And you always look at the age that I am. I've always used the same concept. I'm always back home. Wow. To get the minimum simple things that people might not pay any mind to, mm-hmm. that's what I live with every single day. Right. So with that... That really helped you. Definitely. Get through Before that. Before, you know, I can get down, you know. And then the minute I start thinking of those reality of Papatiok. Mm-hmm. Total music, my father, my mother, mm-hmm. and before you know it, you will see me back again. Bounce back. Bounce back because one thing I believed in: if you're basically you had the right, it's not. There's nothing right to be honest. Once you start getting a certain age, there are certain things that was already been given to you. Even when not knowing, mm-hmm. they can never be departed from you. They will never. For, for example, for example, the little custom, the little way that you, the things that you got from home mm-hmm. at the early age, they stays with you. Right. They can never take that from. No one can take that away from. Right. Just like education. Right. You know, before all those balonies that you go to, all of those. Uh, there are certain things that you got from home, like for example, people like yourself from from uh, f- from, from uh, Ohio. 
Uh-huh. Fumo Hawaii, but I'm talking about genetic. Um, like my family? Oh, yeah. uh, like Ireland? Yeah, yes. Oh, right, right. So those Irish. things, they are incarnated into you. So even you deeper know. than that. You know, unfortunately, some of us, we when we come to this country, we, we tend to make believe that we forget them, but that's not the truth. <laughs> you know, we know. Yeah. You know, once you start touching <laughs> the hardcore, mm-hmm. all this comes back. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in your genetics. Yeah, yes, really. it is. Yeah. You know, when you see a certain other guy that probably play talk guy, mm-hmm. and before you know it, and something major happened. Mm-hmm. Man, I wish I was home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's my father? Very true. Where's my... Yeah, because simple fact, those are the things that keep you as a human being, as a, you know, it keeps you online. You know, a lot of people come to this country, the first time they see you, you know, I don't know about you, they call Haitian, but people go back to their countries. I've, I've, I've learned and heard all of that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry but you had to go through that. Education was foremost the first and my first priority. Yeah. And to, uh, I've gave that a lot of consideration and have a lot of respect for anyone from any culture that come here in this country, especially people like myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to minimize that. Sure. When you come here and then you don't have the right support and to continue schooling, because mm-hmm. that's one of the hardest things. Yeah. You know, because not only you are doing schooling, and plus you got to take care of a family, mm-hmm. including, you know, it's not that easy. Yeah. So when you're looking at yourself and then try to look in at other things that's happening, mm-hmm. so now there's the second thing I was saying, being able at least to kind of understand other cultures and systems that is around us. Oh, okay. Systematically speaking, that's why I am grateful being in America. Okay. Remember when we were talking, I always said to you, you can't find, the only place you can't find America is here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know? If yeah. you go to Arlene, for example, the people of Arlene, the land of Arlene belong, belong to, it's, it's only, that's the only thing that's happening. But when you come to America, the vast of majority, the culture, the people, the things that did, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a school by itself. Yeah, just so much to take in and, and learn and so many cultures and, exactly. and people and all that, all sorts of different, like even you and me right now. Yeah, definitely, look at that. <laughs> look at the path of a way that you came and then my path of a way to become to be connected right now and communicating at the same time. Right. That is awesome, man. Yeah, so I, <laughs> No, that is that is. Yes, think about it. That's just, that's what I'm talking about. That that's something that kept you going. That but, that idea. But in reality, if you were just stuck up to one nest, I mean, even though we, when I said if you was not one nest in, in so to speak, because it is this is oneness right now. Mm-hmm. But if you're stuck of like, I am from um, Arlene, you know, I should not be talking to someone from Haiti. Right. Or yeah. this and that, or whatever. I am too American. Mm-hmm. Or I am too this and to that. Right. Then you miss out the boat. Yeah, you miss all the... <laughs> yes, you miss out all the good stuff. All the fun, yeah. And that's exactly why a lot of suffering is here in America. Because so many people turn away. No, so many people 
you know, when you come to realization, each time you too much of anything, you cause a problem. Each time, what was that? Each time you too much of anything, oh, then it causes, it causes a problem. problem. Just because. Because too much of anything is a problem. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's very yeah. fair. Yeah, very true. But if you're willing to be here, mm-hmm. understand that there must be a reason for you to be, okay. which I embrace at the, after my little, you know, morning time, you know, drop off the tears and, oh, I left home, this and that. Mm-hmm. I want this and that. No. And there's, there's home. Where is home? That's the question I've always asked. Mm-hmm. Where is home? Home is nothing but the limit of your shadow. Wow. That's all is home. The limit of your shadow. Yes. <laughs> if you stand right now, mm-hmm. take a good look. Days or night, wherever your shadow is. That's why I remember there was a Alexander the Great, one of the best, they said. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest. Greatest. They say. Not me. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, (laughs) you know, he did kill a lot of people, that's for sure. That's very true, very true. And there was a sage, right? The sage was very, very powerful. Two things that. And he he wanted to uh, kind of say, okay, he wanted to see the sage and then. To kind of um, reward him for being weird. The sage always walk around with his lamp and things like that. And then, wherever he, you know, feel comfortable, that's where he spend the night. Oh, really? Those, you know, those people, the sage or yogis, uh, they don't the have no, homes. The nomads, right? They, yes, they always like that. And when Alexander the Great came around and then asked him for people like yourself, Ah, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. What 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 is it that I can do for you to show you? I forgot. It did something that moved him for him to say that. Right. He said, he looked at him straight in his eye. He said, on black, my shadow. <laughs> or my light. Then you do me a big favor. Wow. That's what I don't, you know, and think about it clearly. Sure. Once you're alive, there are certain things that, because you're living in this country, for example, everybody's after something. Mm-hmm. You know, wealth, intelligence, mm-hmm. this and that. Right. But the question is, after you go, where would that be? Hmm. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Right. So we're living in the country, which is one of the greatest countries in this world. Sure used to be. And you know what? To be honest with you, that's one of the safest countries in this world. One of the safest? Yes. Really? You know why? Why? Think about it. You say America yes. is the safest? Um, Think about it. Uh, Think about it. Because... Even with all this tomorrow, whatever that is happening... America is the safest country in this world. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Uh, because you have the power to protect yourself? Or? No. Uh, yeah, I don't. If you take power, if you think, if you would look, look, if you're talking about power, if you take China 
Oh, yeah. And and China and India you put them together, you do. Right. <laughs> or if you take China by itself, mm-hmm. you could be in trouble because there's not anything that you have right now that don't have China's name in it. Right, right. Okay. Sure. Because remember, we said that America is the greatest country in this world. It's just because it's only in America you can find all the countries. Oh, okay. Right. Makes sense. Because if you have children here, right? Mm-hmm. When you're married and then you have your wife, family, and things like that. Sure. Yes. Big if. Yeah, big <laughs> if. So, you know, it is the it is a big a, a big reward for a, a, a person like yourself. You're working hard. You're doing everything that you can. By the time you go to be at a certain age, I mean, to have a family is a reward. Right, right. You know, it's just like to take your money, everything, your wealth, and then to be giving it to the community, to the people, to serve the community is the biggest reward. Sure. But when you have a family, just like you have a pet, mm-hmm. if anything, that's the only way you will learn how to be compassionate. Sure. <laughs> You know, because those people can get on your nerves. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, that's the only way you will know that this is the purpose of my being. Sure. You know, oh, but, <laughs> let's not get caught up on the whole having a family. So, what I was saying about America, mm-hmm. you know, just to give you a scenario, mm-hmm. even if you're from Allen, you know, I still have the French accent, that's why it's so difficult to pronounce the R. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, Ireland, uh, Ireland? No, no, no. You know, oh, I- Ireland, I- Ireland, Ireland, Ireland. It's, it's, yeah. it's a bunch of practice for me, man. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. See, think about it. But do you know the first, your first, foremost, the first obligation you have to? Is it? Some people will say God. Sure. And uh, family. Family. Right. So if it is family, that for example, your hometown, your home country is is in war with with them. America, who do you think you're going to fight for? Oh, wow. So between, like, if Ireland and America were in a war, who would I fight for? Yes. You would fight for Ireland, I no, guess. No, you will fight for your children first. Oh, Whatever right, your right, children right, right, right. is, that's what you'll fight. Right. Because those are the first thing that you have to protect first. Sure. Then if there's anything, then you go to a country. You see the you see all I'm doing basically I'm following the uh, protocols. <laughs> right, right. The, the theory, the the lean, the, the, exactly. the titles. So yeah, yeah. that's exactly why, and um, we as people will always hope that we will do our best to keep this country at, at pace. Because because simple fact is we can't afford to miss anything. Home or here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-way. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street, two, right? You know, it just and what if the the biggest problem we have? We also have some bigotries. We have some other things mm-hmm. that was incarnated with the birth of this country mm-hmm. that caused a lot of people not to come to that realization. Mm-hmm. Right. Because of that, then not too many people see it that way. Okay. They might be calling foreigners this, this and that, right. and then from time to time, the things as. But then again, it's all uh, things that is made. Luckily, I'd say, luckily, thank, thankfully, within the twenty first going to the twenty second century, mm-hmm. thing has changed tremendously. Sure. 
Oh, yeah. see the inclusion. Right. Inclusion of basically now people can be doing whatever here in this country, mm -hmm. and then before you know it, they can go to your country or to China and they work and then five days here and then five days there. Okay. So the the globally speaking, we will become more inclusive now. Right. And that's that's great. That is great. <laughs> yeah. And then plus another thing that happened. Mm -hmm. Now the market does not dictate by just a few people. Sure. Of course. It's the people dictate the market. The market. Right. So a millionaire can be made right now as we are talking. Yeah. No one has any. No one has anything that they can do or say. Yeah, about. they can do it. Yeah, because because of technology. Because. Good time to be in. Good time to, to live. No, this is the best time in ever in this whole entire planet. Because <laughs> you gotta understand, not only you have everything at your side, mm -hmm. people live longer. Yeah. Even sickness. We if, unfortunately we we saw what uh, COVID nineteen has been doing, mm -hmm. and still working toward. Of deficiency, things like that. But the people that had it prior to us, they had, a, they had. Oh, they just got wiped it, out. If anything, like COVID, because they didn't have what we have today. Right. Right. And even though it was very unfortunate, mm -hmm. our norm has changed from that point. It will never be the same. Mm -hmm. But gradually, we are living into a different atmosphere and hopefully that will be a new wave a new way of looking at life yeah because some people did not value life until COVID-19 came about <laughs> right. right knowing that you can be dropped dead in one minute <laughs> yeah or everything that's not a simple cause or shut inside yes shut day. inside shut down and then think about how many days you spend inside the house could not go anywhere mm -hmm. or if you go with a mask in your face right. before then you go with a mask in your face you, the, the police start asking you a question right, <laughs> right. something wrong with you <laughs> yeah <laughs> true right, right. If, if you're not Muslim you're not what, what's wrong with you yeah and and now we start looking at those little things that was priceless now mm -hmm. become inevitable. Inevitable in our life. Oh, wow. They yeah. were priceless. Right. We did not pay any mind to that. Right. Who would think that somebody can just come up and then shut down the whole country for so long? Nobody. Nobody can do, Nobody that. Can do that. Right. Nobody. Uh, Father, yeah, I, I'm sure you and I could could go on for for days and, and days about everything. Um, I'm, we'll, <laughs> but I think we've reached a point right now that it would probably be pretty good to at least you know cut it off for now. Um, but I would love to hear at some point. I mean, we stopped at you know just that period after your graduation, and I'd love to continue and hear more about how your life in America developed at, at some point. Oh, um, definitely. Uh, but for now, I think, I think we've reached a point where we've, uh, we've, we've covered COVID, we've covered America, we've covered, uh, we've covered, you know, all sorts of different topics. And, uh, I think it, uh, this would probably be a good stopping point. So I, I do want to uh, thank you so much for telling me at least this part of, this, of your story and really, you know, teaching me a lot of things that you learned along the way. Actually, we were learning from each other, and, and I appreciate <laughs> the fact that I like you have a great sense of humor, and I think that you want a good. The reason why I'm sitting with you, and I think you're sitting with me, is just because we both want to get somewhere, right? And try to get that unison going, right? And get closer to people, especially, and 
And I think you're doing a great job. And when I was, I, the first thing I did, I, uh, I, I spent a little time, uh, a few time listening to your podcast and things like that. And I saw the humor and then I saw <laughs> the, 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 almost of the thing that you want to do. It's always, it's good stuff for humanity. <laughs> and you know what? If you can put yourself that way, there's not any doubt that no matter who, they will applaud you and then respect that because we need more of that, more inclusion. Sure, more absolutely. More knowing that we not alone. Mm -hmm. And once we put ourselves together, this whole universe become way better. Yeah, way better. Way better. Way better. Way better. And I, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I have great feeling that we, we, are, we are striving, but we are not our way to because remember, we whatever we got to do for this universe, if we don't want to do it, we will be forced to do it. Right. Just like certain things that we see happening around us. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate the fact that we, we take that little moment. Yeah. And by all means, you know, I'm here whenever you need me, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was great though. Good. No, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm yeah. <laughs> like that, he says, I'm here, you know, whenever you need me, so <laughs> definitely going to take him up on that. Uh, really good talking to that guy, and uh, you, you could just tell, like I said, how much that artistic and creative side really bent to him, and how he had this whole image and everything, this, this entire life set up for him, where he was in his peak with his creative ability and he was surrounded by these people that were pushing him he was making money through it and just was completely stripped away from him and like i said it really gives you perspective on your own background yeah if you're interested more in learning about what he does and looking into a, some of his poetry i'm gonna go ahead and link his youtube page down below and i uh, i'm really glad that i got to talk to this this character so Thanks again, Falier, and thank you all for listening. Thank you, I love you, amen, okay, bye. Oh, after we recorded this... I left, and then I was like two minutes away, and I was like, shit, I forgot to get a picture with Falier, so I drove back, and he's still in there, like, shuffling around, working, and, and uh, I come in, I'm like, hey, can I, would, would it be okay if we got a picture, or you, like, can, like, just send me one, because sometimes that's how it works, but he was like, oh, I got you, man, and <laughs> uh, we were, like, setting up our phones, and he had these lights that he used for filming online classes to just, you know, give him better lighting. And he was, like, pulling them over, plugging them in farther. They were falling down, but uh, we were having a good time. It was fun. It was, very, it was a very fun time. <laughs>